MSW Media. Hey everybody, it's Dan Dunn. What you're about to hear is a very special episode of What We're Drinking, a throwback to an interview I did a few years ago with Community and Rick and Morty creator Dan Harmon. Dan also happens to be the founder of Starburns Audio, the network that produces this very podcast. And he is truly one of the most fascinating people in show business. So sit back and enjoy this interview. Here we go. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spell. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. He is the creator of the iconic uh, series Community. He also co-created one of my favorite shows, Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon. It's fun to toast with Moscow mules because they traditionally come in these copper tins. And you can really smash. You can the, just, uh, you, yes, they can be used as a weapon if shit goes bad, you know, which invariably they do. Let me tell you a little bit about the Moscow Mule. It, 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 uh, first of all, the, so you know what's in this drink. It's vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. It's a very simple drink, built over ice, as we mentioned, served in these copper mugs. This is a, uh, the result of a supply and demand quandary, essentially. Uh, during World War II, vodka was about as popular in the United States as the Japanese and the Germans, right? Nobody uh-huh. is drinking vodka. And we weren't huge fans of Russia even before World War II, right? Exactly, like, yes. Yeah, so I mean, we kind of put that, put our fear of them on hold for a little bit. Yeah, but, when we needed them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then we got right back to being more scared of them than ever. To what extent do you, because I, I, I wonder about the copper tin, um, whatever you call this thing. Is that what you call it? Is it a copper mug? Copper mug. It's so, uh, I mean, because I, I, when I see one on the menu, a Moscow Mule, I immediately imagine the copper uh, mug. Yeah. And then I, it, it, if, it, if it were to come in a glass, I'd be disappointed I wonder if, I mean, so according Ah. to that story, it's really all psychological. There's nothing about it bringing out the taste of the ginger or anything like that. Well, but but that said... Isn't isn't drinking such an experiential thing? Yeah. You, you just nailed it. If if they gave this to you in a glass, no matter what it really tastes like, yeah. you probably wouldn't be as good as the Moscow Mule that you expect. Yeah, I mean, why do I constantly, if I'm with my friend Jeff I and he orders a shot of Fernet Branca, I, I always have to order one. It's the most disgusting thing yeah. I've ever put in my mouth. Bartender's But breakfast. nothing tastes better than camaraderie and like sometimes the worse the shot, the the yeah. more the more ceremonial it feels. Uh, it's uh, so there's a, yeah there's a lot of like psychology that goes into it. So Dan, let's let's talk about so this is a vodka based cocktail. Let's talk about your own personal relationship with vodka. Uh, yeah, I uh, that, that starts with my friend Dino Stamatopoulos. Uh, before that, I was a Glenn Levitt guy. I'll, I mean, I could walk through from you know like most guys. Coming out of uh, high school, it was about, all about rum and cokes because 
I think that you uh, are scared you're going to get carded and you like you you just like stick to what you understand and what you can order quickly. Yes. Um and then so then it became Captain Morgan's and Coke because I found out there was a rum that tasted more like candy and I was still a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then I think at some point I I became a scotch guy cuz I thought that's what adults drank. You know, I, I wasn't wrong, but uh, yeah, I I I I found my way to Glen Levitt because I liked the idea that you could you could taste a difference between 12 year and 18 year. So how old are you when you're drinking Glen Lippitt? I'm in my 20s. Really? Uh, yeah. And some, somewhere in my mid-20s and I, I, I start making friends with uh, I can't remember how old I was when I made friends with Dino Stamatopoulos who when I met him he was drinking um, Kettle One on the Rocks. Somewhere in there, I was I did I was familiar with Kettle One because I was I was I was ordering. I asked my friend Jeff, who was like a manlier man than me, give me a cocktail to order. I'm tired of sounding like a high schooler when I go out drinking. And he said, uh, "Do a Kettle One with a twist." So for a while, I was doing that. <laughs> Wait, that's the manly. Drink? <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said manly. I should have said more like there's a different word. Like I don't know, grown up or okay, you know, not, more sophisticated, not macho. But uh, gotcha. but yeah. like yeah more more like okay you're not just order you don't sound like a frat 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 kid at, like 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 you know on the weekend if you're at some bar and you're hoping to impress someone with an earshot uh, so the, the kettle one with a twist was my thing for a while a little twist of lemon um, and so but then I was like scotch 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 and it was because this is the dumbest reason in the world but as with brands of cigarettes what is a good reason to like why did you switch from camels to whatever and the answer is always because i was here and then i did this um i uh i was on the atkins diet and i was convinced that uh because you could see through it more that vodka had less carbs in it <laughs> well you're not the you're by the way you're not alone in that i mean like you know ha- I, I would say at least half the people in la their go-to drink is a vodka soda right because they they think, they think it's maybe healthier. And I will say, I, but I, what I really have come to like about vodka is the culture of it. I like that it's, um, it's to me, for all those nerds out there, it's sort of like, to me, vodka is like when you're listening to people argue between PC and Mac, and then there's that there's that guy that like dominates because he's like, I don't know, I use Linux. Like, he's the, I'm the hacker. <laughs> I, uh, vodka is, to me, it's like the Linux of... <laughs> Way to way to clear that up, Dan. Way to sell. Yeah. Way to sell vodka. But it's like that third party, um, uh, uh, hot rotting kind of thing where it's like this is about function over form. It's it's a and and that's what I like about vodka is the idea that the purer it is, the less it tastes like anything. Um, the more you know, isn't 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 vodka Russian for water or something? It is. Like that? It, boda was the original. Yeah, the word where it came from um, Russian for water and. And that was a big thing, and now they're they're sort of pulling back from that. But there was a period there where that was a that was a big marketing uh, tool. Was this vodka is distilled nine times? Right. You know, like it's fucking air. You know, and that's that's what people were going for. But now I think there's been a bit of a pushback in the other direction, where you're starting to see more of these traditional vodkas like Smirnoff, mm-hmm. like Russian Standard, that have a little. Uh, shit going on in them, you yeah. know, the, the little character to it, you know, uh, and uh, but I, you know, I, I agree with you in that, you know, to me, vodka, there could be sort of the this impression that it was, you know, soft, mm. but really, when I think of vodka, I think of you know, 
guys named Vlad. You know, like yeah, I guys. Think I, in, to me, that's like saying pharmaceutical grade cocaine is softer than <laughs> you know the stuff you get from your friend. I, I, I think it's like you know, if you're a fan of something, you want the straight stuff, and it's I, I, I you know, if for for those functional drunks who want to like, you know, who think they might be. Um, at any point surrounded by people who might politicize their drinking to their detriment. You know, it's odorless. You can, if you, if you have it in a flask, you can like do a little tug. It's true medicine. And I like, and I, and I, I tell my doctor, I know this is an adult drinking show. So like, you know, it's, it should be a little more sophisticated maybe than where I'm going with this, but I drink a lot. I drink very heavily. And, um, it, it, I, so I tell my doctor cause I'm, I'm in I'm middle age and I'm like, I know, I know how I'm going. Like, 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 like you got to keep an eye on my liver. And, um, I keep get I keep, you know, every six months, like I'm all over it. Cause I'm like waiting for my liver to start showing any sign of like, <laughs> cause I treat it with, uh, it's tough love. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and I keep, I keep getting these clean reports, you know, the blood work. And I, I was, I was puzzling over that. And my friend Spencer said, you know, it could have something to do with the fact that you always, for decades now, you've been drinking top shelf vodka and that's all you drink, that, that, that it might be the impurities and things, um, that, 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 that really hit your liver harder. I don't know if that's, you know, I'm seeing a new ad campaign. What else do you drink besides vodka, though? There's, do you drink wine, dinner, I do, or anything? You like know, that? I've got I've got real bad heartburn as of like my mid thirties. So, and it's uh, it, it, it I I used to be able to knock back bottles of wine and use that as an alternative. Like, uh, you know, oh let's let's be more sophisticated today. Um, and it just I can't really have a single glass of red wine anymore. Let me ask you: Do you ever get? Issues with swallowing food where it gets stuck. Oh, not yes. this story. I have okay, to be right. very careful when I eat popcorn. Yep. You know what you have? Because I have it too. <laughs> it's esophageal dysphagia, mm. and the alcohol does not help. Let me tell you that. It's yeah. a, I have. You guys know this. I have the same issue. I get really wicked heartburn, and I'll have trouble swallowing sometimes. So my doctor said it's esophageal dysphagia, and there's different things you can do to treat it. But one of the things he did recommend was was cutting back on the drinking. And so I, uh, I did what so I needed to do and got a new doctor. Right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but that's probably, I have the same. It's funny issue. how, like, I, yeah, just like I came to that conclusion myself. It's exactly what I imagined was going on. It was like, look, you, you, you've, you've been very lucky. You've, you drink constantly. There, most people are born with shit wrong with them. Um, you you, the, the, <laughs> you the, had to work at it. <laughs> like you probably have to imagine that if in your toilet that flap that uh, you know makes your toilet tank fill up and you yep. have to change it once in a while because it just basically corrodes in the water. Yeah. Um, of course, your esophagus like it's this flap that goes up. That's and down exactly. Like, that's exactly what it is, and yeah. you're you're getting the alcohol is causing scarring. And I re- but what's beautiful about this is I know all about this. I research this. I know what I need to do to make it go away. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so you're saying if you just stop drinking entirely, it if would... the drinking exacerbates it. Now there's mm-hmm. other things that what's and but it is that it does exactly has to do with what you're talking about. That flap is letting in some of the acid yeah. from your stomach, and that's and what's popcorn flakes. Like and, but, I noticed at a certain point, it was like I need to consciously. Uh, if I'm eating popcorn or something like that, where it's like light, like shit that could like you could inhale it easy, like yeah. I, I had to learn the hard way. Like, okay, I need to speak and then eat 
and then like stop. Yeah. I, uh, sorry to, if I'm ruining your um your no. your drinking <laughs> podcast by turning it into a medical problems <laughs> by, brought on by, by drinking way, podcast. By the way, you're listening to Drinky Fun Time, a celebration of adult <laughs> beverages. Unless your name's Dan, in which case you're you're fucked up. Yeah, up, I have. Up I next, have, what to do about those unsightly capillaries <laughs> when they burst? Uh, we'll have we'll have Uncle Uncle Jin uh, in for some, some <laughs> handy pointers about foundations you can use. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I I can only drink gin. I love Negronis. That's oh, my favorite. Love cocktail. a good Negroni. That's but, uh, Campari and uh, sweet vermouth and yeah. gin. If you're interested in and i don't it. but all anything where i can taste the gin i but i have the personal um reason um that 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 was the first they say the first uh, booze that you uh puke on oh yeah i i i you know when i was in high school and it was like you know what can we grab what what what's in dad's cabinet <laughs> steal it from the pour it into a racquetball like can a or something yeah the shittiest gin in the world and we went to this park um in my neighborhood sat on a slide and i just remember drinking like probably 80 gallons of 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 what tasted like pine needles and uh <laughs> and and just it all coming you know i can still taste it to this day in my nose passage uh, more with dan Harmon coming up in a minute he's going to talk about rick and morty the massive hit show he created. But first, a word from our sponsor. My friends, can I be straight with you? Right now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. In fact, you shouldn't be going to drugstores at all if you can avoid it. Harry's knows this. That's why they ship directly to you so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience and safety of your own home. Why Harry's? Well, it's a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price. We're talking $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman. Harry's uses a German manufacturer that's been honing precision blades for a century. Those high-quality blades go straight from the factory to you with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know, and they'll give you a full refund. So I've got a, uh, I got an offer for you. I've got a little deal. I'll make you a deal. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and listeners to my show, What We're Drinking With Dan Dunn, can redeem their Harry's trial at harrys.com slash drinking. That's harrys.com slash drinking. Redeem it. You're going to get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, some rich lathering shave gel with aloe, keep your skin nice and hydrated, very important, and a travel blade cover, keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Because eventually you're going to get to go somewhere again, I promise. So go to harrys.com slash drinking to start shaving better today. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Major choice. I mean, you learn early on, I think even before you ever get a break, um, that you're a fool to attach your feelings to outcome. So, because you can't control whether people ever see your stuff. So, I think I think even kids in art school or 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 you know majoring in, in creative writing in in college or like like I think even by then you're learning you're going like okay I if I'm gonna be legit it's gonna be because I do what I do for me so you learn that lesson long before then you have you know let's say an NBC sitcom and then you're like holy shit this is great you've, you've got it 
like Rick and Morty was always for me, like because I sensed the community was like out of my, you know, I, like I, it could be taken away from me. It could be taken away from me simply because someone didn't like me. Um, and, and, and I, I I loved community so much that I was like, I need to not be this vulnerable. So it was more about instead of thinking about it, like, Oh man, I expect other people to watch it or like it. It's more like, how do you feel about it? So Rick and Morty was from the beginning. It was this, it was like this love child. It was like a, like a bastard, illegitimate, like kid I made in the woods out of pure lust while I was still, you know, uh, in this ivory tower, like being, in my opinion, abused by this, you know, royal, like, like arrangement and stuff. And, and, and so, and then long after that is when people start to go, oh, I like this show. So then you go, oh, cool, because I do too. Now, just recently, it was like, it feels like South Park levels, which is crazy. When you're in that realm of, and I hate to just reduce it to that, but sort of that that Comic-Con sort of fanboy world where, as I mentioned, my brother does not think of you as a guy who just created this show. You have been elevated to godlike status because people connect, I think, with a show like Rick and Morty in a way that they could never connect. Though community, brilliant show, an amazing show, but there are limits to what you can do and the places you can go mm-hmm. and sort of that the way you can tap into people on a network show on NBC is a lot different than what you can do with Rick and Morty, which I think speaks to to, to certainly to the, the hardcore fans mm-hmm. in a way that is transcendent for them. The word genius gets thrown out uh, probably far too often, but certainly that's a show that you couldn't do that anywhere else, and you didn't. And, and the fact that you get to do it, yeah, and it's cheating because you have two hundred people helping you. And as with the Simpsons, you know, under Sam Simon, who hired all these great Harvard Lampoon writers and stuff, and what they learned in the in the in the at the peak of the Simpsons was, oh my God, wh- animation doesn't have to be this thing that's different from 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 craftsman's comedy you know you it can actually be the best way to deliver your jokes your characters your stories because you have a hundred percent control over the timing uh, which is everything in comedy and so i think that you know it's like animation and sci-fi as a genre because your brother he might be thinking like well i can only watch a sitcom no matter how much that sitcom says hey i'm a sitcom and i'm really funny and this 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 person that, that you know feels like you do about taking the subway to work but it's another thing entirely to with sci-fi you're able to say um this is a person who kind of personifies your fears about existence uh, and grapples with them uh, like monster for monster and planet for planet universe for universe like the shit that you really worry about which even if you're not a sci-fi geek do include what if life means nothing and you can deal with that on a sitcom but it's really just a bunch of guys girls sitting around at, at a break after work saying what if life means nothing and in a sci-fi thing you can have a you can have somebody fight the nothingness of yes. life and like go toe to toe with it and or represent it and make jokes about it and i think that and so it, it doesn't it kind of doesn't surprise me i mean i get it having been a fan of so many things where i'm just like oh bob odenkirk's a god david cross is a god uh vince gilligan's a god uh gene roddenberry's a god like like these are people that have to be gods because they they came up with this stuff that if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have a map of the universe. And it's like, 
I totally get it, but I also know it's not true because, like, you know, yeah. I'm not a god. I'm like a guy that like was friends with this guy Justin, and 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 and, and just happens to have as somebody else might obsess about their car or something. I obsess about making a, a TV show, making people like me through my TV show. So, and a show in which humanity can be saved by a, a song. <laughs> well, you got it. What, what, was it? What do you got? Right, right. What do you got? Or it, or doomed by it though? Yeah, it's or like doomed. You, by yeah. the way, was that was that really Ice T in that episode? No, was that, that somebody... was that was me doing. Ice You tea, played Ice T. Wait, wait, that. that was you doing Ice T. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason we didn't go to actual Ice T, who I hope you know, I, I I know he saw the episode, and he enjoyed it. The only reason we didn't go to him is because if he said no, and then we did it, did an impression of him, then he could sue us. Oh really? Yeah. So that that's how it works. Yeah. You can do anybody. You can do anybody as basically. Long as you... Yeah, like it works that way with music too. If I were to say, I want this to sound like uh, this is the end by the Doors. I wanted to have that vibe. I can go to a musician before I try to license the Doors song. I can go to a musician that say, "Give me that kind of sitar. <laughs> this is the end kind of sound," and they can come up with a sound alike. If I go to uh, uh, the music rights people and say, "Can I please?" Uh, rent uh, This Is The End by The Doors for my thing and they say that'll be $70,000 and I say I can't afford that buy then the person you know whoever's running the, the Doors estate or whatever it is whoever whoever kind of has those rights they can if they if they see a sitar kind of like Vietnam-y kind of like sequence, we said we said no and, yeah. they, and, and you, there's a paper trail that person asking for permission then you then you can sue the hell out of them and Whoa. so and so I think that's like with celebrities too because you're basically saying hey um you know, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, can, can, will you come do this cameo? And, and, and it's like, no. And then, it, it, because I get, I get that, because it's the difference between parody. You're admitting it's not parody. You're saying, like, oh, we wanted the <laughs> We real wanted thing. him, but we couldn't <laughs> afford him. So. And that's going to do it for this special episode of What We're Drinking. I want to thank Dan Harmon and invite everybody to check out the new season of Rick and Morty. Also, follow me at the Imbiber on Instagram and Twitter. Fire off questions and comments. Always love to hear from you. Stay safe out there. Be cool. And we'll catch you next time.